everybody. Welcome back to the bookshelf with Vessel of Honor Ministries. I'm Stephen McKay. I'm Dalton Claghorn. And today we are going to bring to you something that has kind of been a hot topic here in our offices as we are in the world of ministry. Um, I've traveled the world and, and uh, you know, been to a lot of nations, preached a lot of places, been in a lot of churches. And there, it seems to me like there's a... Uh, uh, there's like two different camps of, of thought, school of thought, when it comes to the propagation of the gospel. Um, one of the worlds that I grew up in is a world where, you know, you just have to bring heat every single time, and anything less than heat is not worthy to yeah. be in the pulpit. Topical. Yeah, Top, topical preaching, you know. And, uh, and if you don't got it, then sit down. And if, you, if there's ever any other scripture that you, you know, the Lord lays on your heart, and it's more deep. It's it's uh, not as emotional, you know. It's it's but it's very weighty. It's very deep. We almost refrain from uh, bringing that to the pulpit because we are uh, desiring a response out of our people. Mm. And this is very dangerous. I just want to encourage all of you ministers, youth pastors, missionaries, pastors out there that you know uh, all scripture is important for us to go through. And Dalton, I've been on the mission field for 17 years. And, um, you know, the, over the, the 17 years of my life, uh, there's times that, you know, the Lord lays certain scripture on your heart to bring. And we cannot be motivated by the response of people. I, you've got to get away from that idea that uh, success in preaching is only centered around how people respond to our preaching. Mm. You know, uh, we got to come to a point where we uh, are, have no respect for people, but only respect for the Word of God. Yeah. And yeah, I think that the problem is, um, in an emotionalistic sense, a another word that you hear all the time is anointing. Sure. And it's almost as if we have this this wrong understanding that your um, anointing, that your response that you generate from the people is a direct reflection of your anointing. Right. Well, where's that in the Bible? And um, I, w I was wait, 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 wait. Say, say that again. What? Where's what? Where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? Oh, I thought you were saying it like you didn't hear me. No, <laughs> I got I, it. I got it now. I heard you, but I wanted you to just repeat it. But. Like who, if we had to pick other than Jesus, okay, like the most anointed man in the Bible, probably be Paul in the New Testament. Sure. And when Paul went to places to share the gospel, he generated two types of responses, okay? Either people wept and, and were saved and, and weeped at their own iniquity in the face of the glory of God, or they tried to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> two, twofold. I don't read anywhere where everybody got up and ran around the building, or yeah. where everybody got up and gave a wave offering, or everybody clapped and shouted. Now, I mean, and I'm, we're not negating that. You no. know, uh, there's, there's times in our services where, you know, you, you feel such response. Yeah. But, you know, the premise of what we do and how we do uh, has to come from the yeah. Word. Yeah. You know, uh, I like, and I said it in a previous episode, Let's go wherever the hand of Scripture takes us. Yeah. Let's not go outside of where Scripture yeah. takes us. And I'll tell you this, you know, it's, uh, uh, we've got to come to a point where um, we have no regard for how people are going to respond to what we say. Um, truthfully, there's a lot that is missed 
in our world of preaching in our churches uh, because, I'm talking about a lot of scripture that is missed, because we are digging for a hitter. You know, we're looking for a heavy hitter, we're looking for something that's going to, you know, send the ball out of the park. We want to, you know, make sure that this is going to um, just wow and everyone. And, uh, you know, I, I was, we were just talking here a few moments ago, and you don't really have people preach much on dealing with the rebellious, you know, and, and uh, casting them out of our churches because they don't listen to, you know, the Bible actually says, hand them over to Satan. That's not a very popular message. But what do we do with Scripture? It's, it's either the whole counsel of God. It cannot just be topical. Yeah, and it, what I'm kind of thinking of right now is Acts chapter 2, you know, on the subject of kind of emotionalism. I mean, this is the Pentecost chapter. But what was the forerunner to Pentecost breaking out? It was Peter's 30-verse uh, sermon. Or there you are. 27-verse yeah. sermon, That's however it. long it was. Mm -hmm. Verses 14 through uh Verses 14 through uh, 41, for those of you that are better at math than me. And um, basically what you have is this guy getting up there and just bringing the truth. Mm -hmm. And it was the truth that ushered in this great response of Pentecost. I mean, this is nothing that I, I think if we just read, um, I'm not going to read it all because it's so long, but I think if we were in, in a church and we just read this as our sermon, uh, I, I think... Would it, would it, would it make you... You know? Well, I think it would be viewed as kind of bad. Sub subpar. Subpar. It was short. Um, nobody clapped. Nobody kind of, you know, I think it was kind of Peter's understanding that this isn't even really my heat that I'm bringing. Right. You know, it's the Lord's. Yeah. And so um, he gets up there bringing truth. And he also ran the risk at that moment of death. You know, yeah. Because he said, you brood of vipers, and you're, you're the ones that crucified the Lord of glory in that chapter. You are the ones that crucified him, but God has set uh, the, the stone that the builders cast away as to be the, the cornerstone. And, you know, the, the word was so heavy. This is what we were just discussing a few moments ago. The word being so absolutely heavy, it cut quick. And I think that this generation... One reason why we are such a fleeting generation from truth. You know, we have people, and this is primarily a response of, uh, I guess, the Armenian theology. You know, we have people that uh, are on a, on a revolving door with, with Christianity. You know, it's uh, like yeah. we're in one day and we're out the next. Yeah. We're in another day yeah, and we're yeah, out yeah, the next. Yeah. And it's like we're around and around. Yep. If, we were, if mm. we were rooted and grounded in yes. the Word yeah. instead of the emotion that yeah. we have responded by, by what we heard, if it was the Word that rooted us, mm. there would not be a, this revolving door of yeah. saved today, lost tomorrow. You yeah. know? And to, to kind of echo that, when you go the topical route, you are constantly flipping through the pages, you know, hunting for something that pops. Like, oh man, I need this left hook. I need it to fly. Well, truth is... Um, All that, scripture that, that is a gift. Like to, to have the rhetorical ability to bring forth something that gets the people pumped is a gift. It's a okay? gift. Like, it is. That not, I'm not talking about in a spiritual sense. I'm talking about flesh in the same way that Michael Jordan was gifted at playing basketball. Your oratory skills, you can be gifted at getting people hyped. There is nothing attractive in, in the hype sense about preaching through the doctrine of the epistles. But there is such life oh, man. in preaching the doctrine of well, the epistles. And such so stability, Dalton. Like I, I think about... Um, uh, I think it was maybe a year ago that I was studying through, um, this is hilarious, I was studying through, or just reading through the Westminster Shorter Catechism of the Presbyterian Church. And, man, 
Y'all, I just, the, the, the hundred points of doctrine that they stood on. Oh, yeah. And these people, eat, they ate, slept, and breathed this stuff. This, this is something that they knew by rote memory. It's just yeah. like it was in them. This is why we believe what we believe. This is the doctrine. This is where we can find it in Scripture. You know, in the, in the Presbyterian Church today, they still will, like, read their creeds and confessions of faith. Yeah. So, like, it's this idea that what your forefathers produced in the 1600s has been passed down, and, like, you still read it, still, which it, is crazy. It's, it, but see, and I'm just going to speak from experience here. I was a youth pastor at uh, in one point in my, my years of ministry, and I remember um, that I took the young people that I was preaching to um, through a series of what we believe, you know, what do you believe? Now, I'm just, look, I'm not, I'm not knocking parents here or, or leaders. I'm just telling you the situation that goes on, by large, in all of our churches across the United States. I took them through a series, and I said, what do you believe, these you know, 15, 16-year-old young, young men and women? And they said, in, in essence, in short, they said, well, um, you know, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Um, we believe... Uh, in the crucifixion of Christ, and, and they said, we believe in, you know, the virgin birth. But a lot of this, they, you know, the verbiage that I'm giving them, giving you right now, was not their words. Uh, but then I began to ask them the why. Why do you believe this? And to our fault, hear me closely, to our fault, they could not answer. They did not know why. Well, it's just because we've, my grandmother and, you know, tradition or this is just what we do or Americans we go to church that's a problem if we cannot give an answer you know as to but it kind of goes back to the topical you know uh, path of preaching hitting high points hitting high points just trying to find a left hook or something that's going to send the ball out of the park and we never go through yeah. the the deep why yeah why why are we yeah. here I, I think it comes down to we have a wrong understanding of what a home run is. Okay, like we sit, we were talking about this, like hitting the ball out of the park. Hitting the ball out of the park and the way that that's being meant actually isn't even hitting the ball out of the park. It's generating an emotional response. Hitting the ball out of the park is success when you are able to take scripture. You are able to take that scripture, bring it in a way that nobody's ever seen it, and feed them spiritually so that they might grow closer to Christ mm -hmm. and express him more articulately to the people that are around them. Mm. That's success. It is. Regardless of how flashy it is, if they are growing deeper in, the in Christ because of the word, you it's a success. It's a success. Oh, that's what you're, I mean, truthfully, that's, you know, I, I always go to, okay, this is America, you know, uh, the, the Western world where Christianity's free and, you know, we're, we're able to do whatever we want. You know, if, I believe that if we took majority of, um, of pastors, preachers to China and uh, had them sit quietly in a underground church, which they're not really underground, they're just, <laughs> they're, they're, they'd quietly come to somebody's house one by one over a couple hours and you get a, a group of 15 people and there is no, you cannot raise your voice. You cannot articulate, you cannot, you know, make it even an inflection in your voice. It's only scripture. And they want you to feed them. We would think that that's a failure hmm. in the West. We would say, well, that was a dead You only service. had 15 people. Yeah, 15 people. Yeah. You're not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to raise your voice above this level. You're talking. Nobody's allowed to clap. Nobody's allowed to shout. Nobody's allowed to sing. 
we up here would say, well, my preaching failed because, you know, nobody ran and, and nobody jumped and shouted. Nobody, you know, so, so what I'm saying is there's got to be a balance. We have to understand that yeah. the word itself, and this, is, this takes me into, a, you know, kind of a, a side thought here. Guys, if we don't let this word get in us and fight for us, then we end up with, you know, shallow, uh, and I'm going to make some, some of you mad. We're going to end up with shallow theology where we sing, this is how I fight my battles, and it's just a melody, and it's not the word. Did you hear what I said? Holy smokes, that's good. It's just a melody, and there's a song that we sing. Retweet. You know, retweet. It's just a melody, and it's not the word. A melody. My weapon's a melody. I'm sorry. It's actually My not. weapon is the word. It's got to be the word. Now, if, the, if your melody is, is the word of God, then sing it and let that, yeah. let that fight your battle. Yeah. But we've got to come back to the basis of Scripture, yeah. not feeding into this fleshly idea that yeah. success in preaching is only in how people respond. Yeah. And, like, also, if you really are saved, then when we read, like, literally pick any chapter from John, or Matthew, or any, any one of those chapters, you, there will be a response. Like, if, if you legitimately have been saved, when you hear the words of, of Christ in the Gospels, you will clap. But it's when you are clapping for the words of men, and not, yeah, the for, the of men. Yeah, and not for the glories of God. Um, I, I just... Hey, uh, l let me give you this. This, uh, this is kind of <laughs> what drives me. Um, there's a testimony story written, and if you email us, I can get you the reference, exact reference, and the, and the right names. Off the top of my head, it's not there. Uh, but there's an, an individual that um, was over uh, one of the major universities here in the United States back in the, like the 1800s, and um, he was in his 30s. He was a, it was obviously the, the universities then were Bible schools, you know, Bible college seminaries. And he got invited to go to um, England to preach in some churches in England, okay? And um, he gets over there, and, it, you know, he's a pretty big name in America. He got invited. And so he's over there preaching in the churches in England. And the king of England heard that he was preaching, and he invited him. Think about this. He invited him to come and preach to his whole cabinet, ministers, all those people that sit under the king. So they come into the palace, will sit in, you know, wherever they were, and he's going to preach. And this is kind of how this went down. He gets there, he's in his 30s, preaching to the king of England and um, all of his people, and he's preaching with such power and, ex and, and, and uh, not excellence, um, anyways, he's preaching with such clarity that uh, the king of England began to make a lot of noise. And this is kind of countercultural here because, you know, we like it a lot of noise. But he, he began to make a lot of noise and, like, disturb people as, they were pre as he was preaching. And um, the, you know, the, the preacher, I'm trying to remember his name, he come to a point where he, he had enough, and he stopped his message, and he said, when, this is what he said, he said, when the lion of the jungle roars, all the animals fear and tremble. And when God speaks, let the men of the earth remain silent. The boldness of this man to speak Golly. to the king of England, you know, in reference to the word of God, 
you know, give us that kind of boldness. Yeah. And may it not be, may our, and I said that because, you know, we would, we would say, man, we were, we're moving the king of England. We're move, but it's in, you know, the reference to the word of God, it sh we should not be moved by the response of people yeah. in the propagation of the gospel. Yeah. Let's just give the gospel. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's a fine line because, like, if you are a Christian and you're hearing the words of truth, you're going to respond. Oh, you will. And it, it's this understanding that, like, you're not clapping for the man, you are praising the Lord. And, and right. you, you know that Stephen Furtick literally has people that are at the church that their job is to get up and to clap so that, like, people will join in. Like, he literally has people there that are on staff. They're like, to furtic worshipers. <laughs> and, like, this idea, we're, we're almost there uh, sometimes oh. in an emotionalistic sense. It's, it's like, oh, my gosh, so-and-so's coming. So-and-so brings the heat. And you know how it is. You stand up. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And everybody high fives. It's almost like you, you've seen one of those middle school rap battles, you know, and one guy <laughs> roasts the other guy, and everybody's like, oh, shoot, he said that about his mom. Like, <laughs> like that's kind of where we're at sometimes. And, and preaching is, is it's like you've, you just almost have like a posse surrounding an individual. Yeah, and it's, it's a cult of personality. Yeah. You, cre you create a cult of personality and it's just, it, it, it bothers yeah. me. What does 2 Timothy 2.15 say, Dalton? It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. Yes. And, and approved, uh, just just. Put yeah. it in, 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 in perspective. Study to show yourself approved of who? Of God. Of who? God. Who? <laughs> you know, we are not looking for the approval and the clap and the praise of men. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so two things. When, when you are that guy that's expected to bring the heat, if, you, if that's how you've modeled your presentation, you now have to. Because, like, that's, that's who you are. That's who you are. When you work for the approval of men, this is the second thing, when, you, when you're after their applause, your success is dictated by that. But when your drive is to please God as one who has brought forth his word and spirit and truth and love, when you do that, regardless of what the response is, you can confidently rest assured that you have done what you've been called to do. And so it lifts this burden of oh, expectation. Completely. It you know? completely lifts the burden. It, you know, you're not performing mm -hmm. anymore. You're not in the performance arena. You're just a man of God. I, I think about, y'all need to go watch this video by Paul Washer. Um, <laughs> uh, message, yeah. what was it called? A message that shook, I don't even remember. But uh, he's standing before college students, 5,000 young people, and he's preaching. And in the midst of it, you know, he's talking about the, the, how broken the church is and how corrupt the Western, Western Christianity is. And they all started clapping, you know, like it was a response. And he said, I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. And what kind of boldness do you have to have, have to be able to, you know, just present that truth? Truth cuts. And, and as we were talking before the show, not only does truth cut, when truth cuts, it changes, you know. When you begin to cut the deep things of the flesh, we don't like our flesh to be cut. And the we whole, like stuff that feels good. The whole principle is that if it's cutting me, then that means there's less of me. And so anytime that happens, oh. what goes into the gap of where there used to be Dalton? Well, it's Christ. It's Christ. And it so that's always a win. That's, that's the method that we have to follow, not just, you know, bringing such a word that gives such emotional high and appeal, but what about the words that you know, are weighty and deep. Like, I'm just going to give you this in closing. 
2 um, Timothy chapter 3, verses 16, all scripture, all scripture is given of inspiration of God. That's another uh, bookshelf in itself. And it's profitable for doctrine. Oh, we like that one. For reproof, we don't like that one. Correction, we don't like that one either. And instruction, well, maybe we like that one. And we, we skirt over the, the middle two. I'm not so sure that we even like doctrine all that much. Uh, true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You know, doctrine's boring. It's dry, Dalton. You know, it's just... Yeah. Uh, but, you know, reproof. Do we like the cutting? But my God, if we don't... If somebody doesn't correct me, that I'm going to... You know, the Bible says that there is a way that is right unto a man, but that in the end thereof leads to death and mm. destruction. Somebody tell me the right way of doing things. Right. There's got to come a point of Absolutely. correction. So. so the moral of the story is that if you are in the Word and you do everything that you can to bring forth the Word of God in love and in truth... You've already hit a home run. You have. All of this emotionalistic, topical stuff stop, of trying to bring stop, the heat, it's a waste of time. Stop trying to perform. Your, your, your whole basis of approval is of how you present the Word and how you present Christ unto God. Hmm. Because that's really what we are doing. We are offering that, you know, uh, we're, not, we're not working for men. We are gaining the approval of God. Do all diligence. Study to show yourself approved, not of men but of God. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's bookshelf. Until next time, <laughs> we'll see you later.